Welcome back, fellow spy fans. Tonight we're talking about the exciting conclusion of Night Manager Episode 6. Um, if you haven't heard our previous episodes, you might want to go back and check those out. Uh, if not, you know, I'll give you a little pre- or a little quick recap. Um, our hero, uh, Jonathan Pine, played by Tom Hiddleston, uh, is a night manager at some really upscale hotel and comes across some really incriminating information about an international arms deal. And he's recruited by a British intelligence officer played by Olivia Coleman to help take down the big arms dealer, uh, Richard Roper, played by Hugh Laurie. Things were kind of closing in. Uh, They were out in the Haven, I think it was called. And uh, that's when they meet with the buyer and give them a little taste of what the toys can do. And um, now we're back to Cairo. So kind of like a little callback to the first episode when we first met Pine, where they are meeting to seal the deal with the Hamids um, for the, the arms purchases. Team Bad Guy uh, back in London and in America have really, really, really beaten down um, Operation Limpet. So not only did the U.S. back out, so a lot of funding is gone, uh, but the Riverhouse successfully has closed down Angela's operation. So she's uh, basically because, as we found out last week, she got some bad intel on the deal uh, that was going out in the in the desert over by the Haven, and the U.S. military was called out, which created a whole scene and made British intelligence look really, really bad. So that was their reasoning for shutting down the whole operation. Um, but this kind of put Pine on his own, so that's kind of where we're starting. This episode kind of runs really quick because there's. Uh, everybody kind of gets together to try and take down Roper, but there's a whole string of, you know, what would you call it, events that needed to take place. Everybody gets to participate in this one. There's a lot of moving parts, and it, it, it clicks clicks along pretty well, I think. Uh, I, a lot of it's kind of believable as far as what they needed to do, especially since, coincidentally, it was in Cairo. And, uh, you know, as we know, Pine at the beginning was a night manager and very well connected with uh, kind of the working class over there. So he was able to kind of call in some favors from the locals. Uh, right. Well, our big, our big cliffhanger from five was, was actually, I mean, it was very on the nose, like showing they're staying in the same suite. Right. That, uh, that our lady from episode one was murdered in uh, by yeah. Freddie Hamid and Freddie Hamid is, is also around. What were your thoughts on uh, the whole Hamid sub sub story? You know, it's definitely not uh, plot plot critical. I I think I think Pine is a little incautious in the way he uh, spends time in proximity to Freddie that seems like could have been avoided. Um, but uh, you know, and and when Freddie like asks him, and you know, Freddie's kind of a mess. He's a he's a he's an Arab playboy. Uh, doing a lot of coke, probably drunk a lot of the time, and you know he barely met Pine in in the first right. episode. So, you know, I I can believe it that he's just kind of like, do I know? Do I know you? 
Um, <laughs> I think I could have played it a little better instead of just like flat denial of uh, just playing a game of like, well, I don't know. I've I've been uh, I've been a lot of places. Have you ever been to blah blah blah? Or maybe we know each other from blah blah blah, and like throw out some smoke, right? Um, uh, yeah, no, I think he could have been like, well, you know, uh, I've been to these places, you know, because Freddie's probably traveled himself. That's a good point. Uh, the, maybe the, the the drugging was a little over the top, <laughs> but I guess it was kind of exciting, especially with the whole casino. Sure. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm okay with the decision of, of Pine to, I mean, for multiple, for both plot and story reasons, uh, mm -hmm. to take Hamid out to spike his drink and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, which makes him more inebriated even than he was to start with. And he was already pretty fucked up. Uh, and then to need someone to, you know, get him out of there, drive him home. Um, it's, it's pretty well played. Um, I guess that's about all I got on Freddy. No, yeah, that's that's pretty much all there is there. Uh, you know, just the quick drink, uh, drugging, and then the the murder to kind of get him out of the way. I don't know where um, Pine got a hold of whatever he used to uh, spike the drink with, but oh, that's true. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Was he just got like random drugs hanging out? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. as you say, but, as you say, other than the fraughtness of having, um, well, also, like, a lot of people in the staff could recognize him. I mean, that's kind of why it's a cliffhanger, because, like, his face is known here, and not just yeah. by Freddy. And I really did like the scene uh, where he first walks into the hotel, and instead of kind of skulking around and, like, hiding his face or hiding behind a statue, like... Uh, like like uh, Jimmy uh, Stewart in uh, uh -huh. the man who knew too much. Um, he makes he makes the right choice, which is just dude. It's it's now or never. I'm gonna be recognized or I'm not. And you can see him like summon up his resolve, and he just steps like right out into the middle of the lobby and just waits for a second. Like, am I blown? Am I cool? Okay, I'm cool at least for now. Right. Um. But given that, the uh, I, I guess the the overall steps that the uh, well, well, he's actually contacted by Stedman and Angela um, in in Cairo, um, and uh, he elicits their help as well. He's going to get Jed, and so the the overall plan is to get some documentation from Roper to kind of get him into where the arms are being held to kind of sabotage them as well as uh, kind of get Roper thrown under. Uh, but from, from, from the start of meeting with uh, Stedman and Angela till actually taking Roper, there's a lot of close calls. Uh, but I kind of first wanted to talk about that first initial meeting in the lobby. Do you think it was a good idea to have Stedman you know, I got a message from London. You know, Stedman's kind of a veteran. You know, I, I would think he probably would have been known at this point. Maybe oh, they should have sent, like, someone, like, a little bit lower on the food chain. Uh, if they've got access. 
to additional personnel, which they don't have the same kind of like numbers that they did before Limpet got disbanded. Um, so it might be just a, a best of the the possible options that they have. They can't oh. use they can't use Angela uh, in the lobby because she's been seen before. Uh, what was it? Probably in episode two. Uh, at least by Frisky and Tabby, the security detail right. for Roper. Um, and then calling back through to that and thinking about this, I was thinking, well, you know what? Maybe that first, like, uh, kind of sort of a brush pass, kind of a neat take on a brush pass that they did at the ice cream stand. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's the inadvisable thing. Maybe, like, your direct handler shouldn't be the one sent out to try to make contacts with you in a public space. Uh, except when like, again, like it's like of last resort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. Um, uh, but they're not just there to make contact with Pine uh, to kind of help him. At first, it's kind of Stedman interrogating him. Because Stedman thinks he's actually working both sides. Um, and Angela kind of agrees to have Stedman there to kind of question him. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Well, that's, that's good. Cause I wanted to talk about that, uh, or at least yeah. put a, a pin in that is something that I really liked, um, about the series in general. Um, but I think it, it, it was proper for me to wait until now to, to bring it up in the podcast is I actually like the fact that. Burr and Pine have a level of separation from each other that uh, makes her not entirely 100% sure that she can trust him or that he's still playing ball and that she's kind of got to go on faith. There's going to be a place where, uh, you know, especially after like Limpet gets broke down, like where she's completely finally about to say like, all right, I don't think I can trust this guy. And then he makes his uh, phone call to her with the Sophie passcode and and kind of wins her trust back over, at least for one one last dance. But overall, it just seems to me like that's a that's a an element of um, of good spy movies uh, where you know, like sometimes your, your asset is out there in the field. You you can't just necessarily have lunch with them every day and say, hi, right. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> How's it yeah. going? Yeah. <laughs> um, although I did make the point that, uh, you know, he, he should, he should have been in communication more with her over zitters at her. All he did was send that one document way back in what episode three or something, mm-hmm. but he could have been sending her fairly regular reports on what's going on. Uh, he hasn't done that. Um, and he still has the kid's phone, doesn't he? Was I'm that sure, ever addressed? I'm sure he's got. Well, no, it was not. Ne- it was never. It was never resolved. At this point, he's got his own phone as well. Right. Like he's in. He's in. He's in the circle. Uh huh. Even though they they frequently pr- and properly and cautiously like collect everyone's phones before they you know, have really important meetings right? Uh, and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the bit of, of doubt it and it's, and it's not overplayed because it wouldn't make sense to overplay it on screen because we know as the right. audience 
Right. It's not like we're looking at the story just through Angela Burr's eyes. So to to like spend too much time uh, worrying about the idea that he might uh, have gone native, I think right. is the expression, uh, just just would have been a waste of, of our time as an audience. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm glad you pointed that out because uh, um, it, it did kind of go quick, but at least it was addressed. You know, the, the question was asked and we got a little bit of an answer. Um, but, you know, you're, you're right to point out that what, uh, it was in episode five. She brought this up to Stedman before they met with him in Cairo that, um, well, first of all, I recruited him. Second of all, he's the one that called her with the, the Sophie password. So a lot of these are working in his favor. Um, but again, he still could be playing both sides and might be leaking that it's he might be the leak uh, that Burr and Stedman are working on. And that's why they're getting shut down. Um, but I think his reason, what was like the answer that, that he had just killed Corky, that he had, he had to kill, um, the guy that was onto him in order to like, kind of, uh, cover his ass. Right. I, th- I think that's like the end reason that, that got him a, like across this stage. Oh, as far as convincing her, uh, right. I, or, I don't, or at least Stedman. I, oh, you know, I don't remember exactly. I right. just know in the phone call, it was a very, just, uh, you know, an appeal to trust, um, right. which, which was well-made, well-played and fuck it. She's got no other choice. Right. <laughs> um, and this is kind of what sets off, uh, I, I guess the snowball going, leading up to taking out Roper. Um, they, Angela and Stedman have no team, no funding, but they're physically there and they, they're, you know, veteran, you know, uh, intelligence agents so they they can do something. And I think his plan is to get Jed to get the combo to the hotel safe so that uh, Angela or Stedman can sneak in and get, it's like a a document of ownership or something. Yeah, it's a, it's, well, it's um, a certificate of sale. I had it here. Give me, give me a second. It's, um, Uh, owner registration certificate. Yeah. Uh, for trade pass holdings. I, I mean, we get a glimpse at the document. It definitely, Uh it definitely says like where the weapons are coming from and where Uh they're going. I didn't really see any other key information on this document. The document. Well, that's what he shows to get onto the dock, I think, or something. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's got several uses in in right, this plot. Right. right, it's got multiple uses, which I like. But at its core, again, kind of like the documents that uh, he sent to her through Zitterzatter from Roper's office. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know the the show is not super. It, it's not interested in being a procedural. It's not super interested in letting us know exactly what this document proves or doesn't prove. We just kind of have to infer it based on the way that people react to it. And I'm just, I felt like I spent enough time complaining about that uh, with the, the, yeah, in the previous episode. So I'm not going to litigate it again, Um, but it's, it's there. Uh, But other than that, I I do really like the the uh, 
unlike those documents previously, this document really has like numerous plot implications. This this document is like a real character in this final episode. It it, yeah. it travels around. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I really liked how Jed was able to get the combo uh, uh, for the safe. Um, she basically asked Roper to put her earrings in the safe because she didn't trust anybody. Uh, and, and Roper makes some like super racist joke about Arabs being thieves or something. But um, what did you think of that? I thought that was kind of cute. And she was like, oh, I, I'm worried about these earrings that I got today at the, you know, the sh- when I went shopping. Can, can you put them in the safe? And that's how she was going to see the combo number. It's, ve- I, it's I, I thought that was clever. It's very clever. Uh, it's maybe a little too clever the way she communicates the code to, to Pine with uh, mm-hmm. by her bet at the roulette table, but, uh, but I liked it. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think it was Angela who argued that she should be the one to go, that she said being pregnant is the perfect cover. What do you, what do you, I, I'm not sure if she got caught in the room. I don't, I don't know how being pregnant is going to be a cover for her. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think it would have made a difference if it was her or Stedman that went in, but uh, well, she's the one that goes in and actually gets the document for Pine. And then Pine uses it to get on the docks uh, through the guards. And he brings a couple of his worker buddies from the, the kitchen and his what cousin or his friend or whatever. Um, so it, like everybody gets to get involved in this one. Um, and we'll find out later that he goes there to kind of sabotage the weapons. Um, uh that's about right. I mean, his, document. his, his plan, his plan, oh. it's not explained to us in advance. Uh, right. It's not the way this show wants to do things. And so it, it's never clear to us, like at what point he's making what decisions of how he's going to deal with the situation. But ultimately uh, the document's going to get into Angela's hands so that she can use that, uh, through her associate in London to uh, uh, put Dromgul on the leash and mm. keep him out of it. Like uh, right. one use of the document, which which makes very good sense to me. Again, I, I don't exactly know what the document <laughs> proves or doesn't prove right. <laughs> about Dromgul's involvement. Um, and also like, oh, let's go back to, you know, at that first meeting when they're finally like, when they're putting Angela through the ringer, and she's basically like, well, her and her friend Harry are like the only two villagers in a room full of werewolves, right? Um, which gives her a great chance to, to you know, when they're questioning her, it's like, okay, listen, cut the shit. You all know why I can't tell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you guys are all werewolves. Like this is a charade. Like yeah, yeah. let's let's not fucking fuck around here. But right. um. You know, like her claim had been that, uh, based on Harry's information, was that the uh, certificates from the Ministry of Defense were being forged. But, well, they've got real ones. Well, maybe they had time. Well, I don't know. I don't know. That was a, that was a little hole in the ship for me. Right. That, uh, uh, I don't know. Was Harry's information wrong? Uh, is this not what Drumgool is involved in? Or did they just... Uh, 
I don't know, type up some papers and, and show her some fake papers showing that their fake papers weren't fake, but it's still fake. I, I, I don't know. Um, why did I bring up the meeting? Um, oh, because of this. Oh, right. The document. Is, yeah. Is, is like somehow puts Drumgool in the hot seat. And when I, I think it was one of Angela's like underlings like calls Dromgul and basically like threatens him. It's like, yo, you're not going to answer any calls from Roper and Roper and Dromgul's like, well, what do I get in return? He's like, you get to survive. Right. We're, we're taking him down and you're not going to go down with him. If you help us out. Cause Roper um, has multiple layers of protection. This is stripping one of them away from him. Right. Um, Absolutely. The, but then back to, uh, you know, Jonathan's plan, Jonathan's plan is to uh, blow up the wet steel the 300 million yeah after okay so it's uh again the whole arm steel was is supposed to be 600 million it's supposed to be half in advance half after uh so 300 million gets put in the trade pass account jonathan just like squirrels that away somewhere right which mm, felt a that little would weird ring, that would ring some bells don't I, you think right i would think i would think. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that would get the attention of some sort of well they got the 300 million payment and and that was all at once so maybe they have some sort of channel but there's probably some black market digital channels to go through i guess that he, i don't know but yeah uh you're right that that, that kind of was like well where, where i thought he was doing it on purpose when i was watching this i thought he was sending it somewhere to trigger some alarms internationally so that people would show up but that ended up not being the case it just was gone yeah um, when i first watched the scene i thought he was like authorizing the the final sale or something um but it made more sense it made more sense story-wise that he was like stealing the 300 million but again i think some bells should ring on that right um right but again, and, you know, if you if you're doing super shady dark money shit, well, I don't know. I go I go yeah. back and forth I, like a fucking two players on a tennis court on this on how realistic it is. <laughs> right. Um, well, when it, well, I guess let's talk about this um, from the other side from Team Roper because uh, because this builds up to the big climax where Roper ends up finding out that Pine is uh, undercover. Uh, how he does that, Angela is kind of in the hotel and I guess Stedman is like kind of a, uh, a move of precaution calls the hotel room just in case to kind of give her an out. Like that was kind of cool. Cause she didn't contact. Oh no, Stedman. no, no. She texted him. She texted him. Oh, oh, okay. Good. In that explains closet. that. Like, cause That's, she's, yeah. she's in there and uh, it's a uh, tabby, not, uh-huh. or wait, frisky tabby. It's tabby. No, no, no. It's one of the buyers, isn't it? No, 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 no. It was Tabby. It was uh, who who has always been like the strong, silent guy. Usually Frisky is getting all the lines between Frisky and Tabby. Uh-huh. But in this episode, Tabby actually got to do some shit. No, it oh, wasn't nice. one of the buyers. Why would why would the buyers be up there? Man, um, I was actually like really weirded out about that because I thought he was one of the buyers. But if that was Tabby, then uh, yeah. Right. So and she uh, retreats to a closet and we see her get her cell phone out and she's like texting. So she right. she texted that she needed a distraction. 
and Stedman calls the room, pretending to be the front desk, and tells the guy, oh, we have a parcel waiting for you at the front desk. Um, and when he goes, well, one, that gets the guy out of the room, which kind of saves uh, Angela. Good thinking on Stedman's part. Really good, quick thinking, right? But because there's no parcel and the person at the front desk is like, what are you talking about? This obviously brings up some suspicion and he takes it to uh, Roper and now kind of uh, Roper's more on guard and paying attention to what's going on. And and I thought that was a good inference that like the front desk called me about a parcel and now I go to the front desk and there's no, not only is there no parcel, but the front desk is like, nobody called you. So we, that would set off some alarm bells, right? If I'm a bodyguard. Uh, we're not doing um, top three best and worst tradecraft uh, uh, for these TV episodes. At least we don't currently have any plans like we do in the movies. This was would have made my number one best tradecraft just because it's something I feel like so many spy movies totally forget to do. Like okay, I got distracted. Someone said there was a parcel and then they would just forget about it. Just like, right. just like any fucking, <laughs> any guy in a security room where they have all the cameras like, Oh, Hey, that camera went out. That camera went black for four seconds. Must've been a glitch. No need right. to report it to my supervisor. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, uh, Har- I- Hey, Harry. Send a maintenance guy over to Sector 7. Yeah. <laughs> the camera's on the fritz again. I really I was I was really like, I don't know, it just clicked and sparked with me that he that his first thing was like, go tell his boss, like, hey boss, I got a suspicion. It was just weird. Yeah, they they told me and then there wasn't, and then they had no idea. Yeah. That's why I had to point this out. We don't really get that a lot. And I and I thought it was really cool. Uh, that they that they added it into the story. Yeah. Just a little, just a little tidbit like this makes makes spy films so much better. You know, I agree. I agree. Tabby on Tabby on point and Roper immediately like his ears are up. Uh huh. And he says, "Check out all the guests on the staff. Little minus spy points for uh, you know. Let's check out the staff as well. Yeah, uh, that's I'm- that's one of Roper. It doesn't it doesn't uh prove to be his downfall in any way but roper's got a little bit of a blind spot when it comes to uh even considering that some of the help <laughs> might exist <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah but that that's fine because it i think it really suits his character you know Absolutely. they're just invisible they're little brown rats like he says right. later Absolutely. Like uh and well, so Roper's decision, I, you know, obviously at some point he goes to check the safe. There's no envelope. So somebody did something to take it. And he, he, he you know, correctly figures out, well, they're probably going to try and return it. So let me change the safe password. Uh, and that's how Jed gets caught red-handed trying to return the certificate or the, the documents. Um, and then he hands Jed over to Frisky who's going to interrogate her to find out. And that's how they get pine. Uh, and this leads Roper to um, take, Oh, I guess that was Tabby. That is Tabby. Okay. So Tabby and Roper and pine go to like this random building. And uh, I really wanted to point this out. 
because this is when Roper reveals to Pine that he figured him out and he's going to pressure him. Look, we're going to get this deal done or I'm going to kill Jed. So you better make sure all of this works out properly, which, okay, fine. You're going to, you're going to threaten him with her life. And so he better play ball or, or she's dead. But what really bothered me is Roper sends one guy. Pine's already demonstrated that he can kill, that he's a tough dude, that he can fight. You know, he supposedly fought off three guys to protect his son, right? Pine's ex-military. He's like a bad guy. He killed some dude at in, I forgot the name of the town, but there was that one town that, you know, he was in. So he he, he just had one guy, and it, and it was Tabby, and he punches in him in the gut and is holding him back. He's not even handcuffed or tied, tied up. It's just one guy holding him down. Uh, I don't think, I don't think one guy is going to hold down pine. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's maybe a little incautious. It didn't, it didn't flip my radar, but, uh, right. but, but you're right. Um, yeah. they could have, they could have some more people around. Absolutely. But also, but also Roper likes to keep it tight. You know, I mean, I think yeah. his, I think his, I think there's a reason, you know, like he's just got this inner circle and uh and just two security guys you know he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't run around like uh like a lot of super villains with a you know like a, a small military force oh yeah that's true well I, I guess there's his mercenaries at the haven but yeah they're not like hanging out with him all the time <laughs> i guess i guess he oh, has a small... but wait but one of the guys was like one of the guys from the haven is here with the trucks so yeah he could no he totally could have had a couple of mercs uh, right with him but maybe if he hadn't foreseen that uh you know contingency then they wouldn't have been in cairo he wouldn't have you know thought to say like hey let's have another you know let's i mean but it would have been a good idea uh you know anytime yeah. you're doing any kind of this weird arms deal like you know these are dangerous people you're dealing with shit could go south uh just call your guys at the haven and say hey uh you know just put a six-man extraction team uh, I'm gonna pay for their for their airfare and their hotel, and all they need to do is just like stick around for this week and and just wait by the phone in case anything fucking crazy goes down, so that right. you have access to that. Which is like chump change, right? Right. Like oh yeah, yeah. Like hundred grand, <laughs> and it's a good gig for, for the it's a good week. gig yeah. for those guys. They they you right. know watch movies on demand and order room service and probably nothing happens. And they go back to Syria, which I checked right. uh, or I didn't check. It just came up. Uh, it wasn't Iraq. It was Syria. Oh, okay. Good. Cause I, 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 I don't think they really like let us know like explicitly. And it might've been like one line that we missed, but yeah, thanks for catching that. Cause I, I was really annoyed that we, we didn't know where he was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, vague, uh, vague, unspecified uh, war zone Arab countries are always going to kind of annoy me, unless unless it's a Mission <laughs> Impossible or a or an Avengers movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, after this, they go to do the deal, and when uh, Pine is supposed to be using the phone to have his eye scanned to make the deal. He's actually dialing in a code to set off the explosives on the arms trucks and blows up all the trucks and the Hamids are pissed. They want their money back, but the money's missing. And Roper, like, 
they threaten Roper like, hey, you better do, you got to get us our money now or there's going to be some consequences. Roper's like, don't threaten me. I'll get you the money when I'm good and ready, which this type of people are not the type of people you kind of talk shit to, especially in their home turf. You're in Cairo, right? So, so this is going to bite them in the ass at the end. This is actually one of the other safety layers that, you know, team mm-hmm. good guy peels off a Roper, which I thought that, was kind of cool because I was Hamid. super confused. Right, right. I, w- I was confused at the end who the big switch was at the end and why the police were so, like, uh, just irreverent of, of the Hamid name being dropped by Roper. Uh, but then I realized that's who swapped out the police cars at the end was, you know, Hamid Goons or something, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was kind of cool because, like, at first I was like, what the hell's going on? Like, I thought this was Pine's idea. And, you know, Angela is, is like, freaking out, like, what's going on? And then, but uh, I guess it turns out uh, the Hamids step in, take the police out of the cars, and now they got Roper as a prisoner because he fucked up the deal, uh, which I thought was kind of a nice, like, you know, tying up the bow ending, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. He- it's, I mean, it totally was. I mean, but if you super think about it, I mean, we if we if we already know the police are completely – uh complicit with the Hamid family like yeah. it wasn't necessary for us to see that dramatic thing like the police could have just you know driven him to wherever Where, oh yeah wherever <laughs> <laughs> that's oh that's oh that's right yeah well I guess, I guess it, it was for the audience it's yeah. still yeah it's a better way to quickly show what's going on visually you know yeah. show show don't tell and yeah. and also, you know, we gotta we gotta wrap this up because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there's a lot happening here. But again, back to this plan, like, you know, I guess I just want to put a button on the the whole thing of like, in the end, because I I've talked numerous times through the series, like, we're never enlightened on what the plan is, what is the end game, you know, between Burr and Pine. And and that means that Pine at the end just has to like completely improvise this uh kind of goofy, very dangerous plan of uh stealing the three hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. uh arranging to have uh his the, the weapons destroyed. Right. And and let's circle back in a second and talk about how he accomplishes that, because I think that's right. kinda cool. Uh, so, you know, just steal the money, destroy the weapons, uh, cut off, uh, Roper's, uh, you know, protection layers, uh, and just leave them dangling on the hook, owing a bunch of dangerous people $300 million. And, and I guess too, like, uh, they said, uh, when they come in to arrest him too, like they said, like, you know, he's like, well, what are the charges? And they say, well, violation of Egyptian trade regulations for start and conspiracy to commit murder. Where did the conspiracy to commit murder come from? I don't know. Maybe you're just a cop. You're just going to throw some fucking, (laughs) you know, some bullshit. Well, no, no. He sent Frisky after Angela and Stedman. Remember, Frisky was going to come kill Angela. And, and Angela had to be the badass pregnant woman, which I loved, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. Frisky was just there to pull Jed out. No, he was there to interrogate Jed. But remember, he gets a call from Roper because, remember, Roper finds 
whoever uh, Tabby finds out, oh, by the way, this room was unaccounted for. So he calls Frisky to send Frisky to Angela's room. And that's when Angela gets the warning from Stedman. Hey, you're, you're blown. And so she gets ready. She has the gun that Stedman gave her. Uh, okay. She gets ready. So Fresky's there to kind of kill her. Well, that's nice. Um, it ties into it ties into what Roper told Tabby. Like his first reaction was uh, check in on all check all the guests. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I missed I missed that, but yeah, that's hot. That's hot. And um, yeah, no, it was yeah. Great. And by the way, when Frisky walks into the room, I I don't see this uh, shot like very well i and and i'm not like a visual type guy usually but i i love like the the way this was shot frisky went into the room and we get like a pov back and forth between frisky looking at things and what he's looking at and they have a camera angle looking at that mirror. you know like in hotel rooms there's usually a mirror on the side wall he's using the mirror to see around the corner I, oh, nice. I, I really oh. liked how this was shot. I yeah, didn't catch it, that. That's very nice. Yeah, it was really cool. Because, you know, like, the, uh, if you're a good bodyguard or spy or whatever you are, you're going to use mirrors a lot, you know? We, we learned this in the recruit, recruit too, you know? Uh, oh, not the uh, spy game, not recruit. Sorry. We are going to do the recruit eventually. But, no, it was spy game when Robert Redford was using, like, the reflection of, like, whatever centerpiece was on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we actually got to see someone doing this in a real situation. The camera actually shot it versus, like, you know, doing, like, some really cool angle of stuff or whatever. And you got to figure out that's probably how he did it. The 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 way the camera flipped back and forth between Frisky's face and what he's looking at. It, it was clear to me that they, they, they were showing he's looking in that mirror to see around the corner to where the bed of the bed of the of the hotel is, and I, and I was really happy to see that. By the way, so just uh, to point that out and get my fanboy excitement out. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit, and then uh, I could go to uh, you know some version of you know final review and ratings. Um, Okay. But, uh, you know, uh, I'll, ch- I'll double check with you if you got anything else with was, uh, but my thing was like how Pine arranged the, uh, blowing up of the, of the weapons. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, let's circle back to that then. Sure. Um, you know, we've talked about like, uh, all of the potential problems that could have arisen from this final episode coming back. And by the way, I do something something about a symmetrical or a something about a, a a story that ends where it began is always kind of appealing to me. Yeah, like <laughs> location wise, there's something cool right. about that. Uh, you know, because the the first episode set up some very unresolved issues with Pine, and it and it just seems very fitting that those issues get resolved in the same location. Um, but there's some advantages too, uh, to him being on home turf. And one of those is Mr. Youssef down in the mm-hmm. kitchen used to be, <laughs> I thought he used to be a dishwasher. Now he's the head chef <laughs> <laughs> and everything about, uh, you know, pine approaching him, uh, 
and and their interaction like i i just really liked and made sense you know the subtle shake of the head like nope nope you don't recognize me (laughs) and then loudly saying i'm looking for someone named yusef okay oh that's me and they they just do it nice and then like you know the they take a walk and as soon as they're in the stairwell, they're just all hugs and fucking how you been? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I really like that. That was really funny. Like how, and I liked how the, the, the coffee, the, the, the kitchen guy was able to pick up on, Oh, don't say anything. You want to talk about like, tortellini or whatever it was. <laughs> right. 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 That was cute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so who are these guys? These are the guys that, um, uh, Okay. In episode one, now historic. This this we got a, a little bit of mix of uh, like actual history and and fiction. The Hamid family is fictional. I'm morally certain, even though I didn't Google it or anything. Um, but in the first episode, that was when uh, I think what in 2007 i believe was when like the arab spring was going on and everyone was super happy that this egyptian dictator was finally overthrown um that excitement and happiness was unfortunately short-lived um they just i mean i don't know if you know but they basically replaced i mean just another dictator just took over (laughs) um so, you know, and Yusef and and his family were like super excited about the revolution. So, yeah, they've got some disgruntled. See, what I don't know, I don't know how long, how much time has passed since then. So I don't know if enough time has passed for the that honeymoon phase of the Egyptian revolution to have like worn off. And for them to, you know, the Egyptian people to be fucking disgruntled again. Uh-huh. But I do know this, that it's six months past between, uh, within the first episode, uh, from Cairo to Switzerland. And after Angela recruits Pine, it's an undefined amount of time before he infiltrates Roper's team. That That is never specified. So it could have been a year. It could have been three years. We don't know. Um, which so I guess that's probably enough time for the historical events to have caught up here, and for Pine to know that Yusef has got you know like brothers in arms who have access to and and the uh, motivation to go on some dangerous fucking scary infiltrate. Uh, and, and interrupt a, a weapons deal, I guess, because you know when he sent the code, all the drivers jumped out of the trucks and started running. I assume that's all Yusef's crew, right? Yeah. So they Most must likely. have they must have gotten in there and just like convinced the actual driver. I don't know. Maybe they killed him and dragged him under a fucking cargo container. Well, they're something. probably hired locally, right? Yeah, I, or I or they just went to him and said like, "Hey guys, like take a walk." Uh, uh, this is this about is about to go off. You better go. This is for our country. All these you, you guys don't know what's in these containers. Let me tell you what's in these containers. What's in these containers is weapons that are going to the dictator that we all hate. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to be used against our people, and 
you need to do the patriotic thing and and get the fuck out of the way so we can rig them with explosives and stuff. So I just I just wanted to run through the the you know the various plausibilities of that part of it because it's 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 basically done off screen we don't we don't get the details and that's really uh, all the things that I had to talk about in detail about this show I don't know if you got anything else I could go for a uh, uh, kind of a uh, rating and review kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I think that hits everything. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun to, to watch, you know, everything kind of come into place and get a big conclusion and uh, him and Jed kind of have a little happily ever after, I guess, moment and she gets to see her first son. So that was nice. But uh, yeah, no, what, uh, what, what, what kind of rating you want to, what did you, what did you think of the show overall? Oh, I liked it. I mean, I, I yeah, definitely. I definitely liked it. Uh, it's, <sighs> Even if you don't like spy stuff, the 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 Elizabeth Bikini, the performances and the the lavish, uh, just the the look of the show, the feel of the show will win a lot of people over. I'm in the four zone for sure. I think I think I could just call it a four and call it good. I, I'm with you on the four. I think there's enough for me to kind of pick at. Uh, once we kind of put this under the microscope, but regardless, I had a blast watching it and, uh, it was a lot of fun and there's enough, you know, John Lake Hooray level tradecraft to kind of scratch that itch that, you know, I, I like to see in a, a, a spice series. So yeah, I, I think a four is a good number. Um, so definitely go, yeah, definitely go and out of your way to watch it. It's worth it. Um, uh, do we do we want to do a park benches on this? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What do you What do you think? I think there's a lot of realistic stuff, but then there's you know, like when we put it on the microscope, we start seeing a lot of other stuff. So, how do you? I don't know. Where do you want to start this at? I'm at a four. Uh, I'm I'm at a four because uh, you know, just there's there's a lot that's really good. Uh, there's there's. <laughs> You know, and it's and it's not even the little things. It's not the little things that pull it down because I think the show does the little things very, very well. It's just right. some of the big things that, like, you know, hey, we're only gonna we're only doing six episodes. We don't have time to explain all of this. Like, uh, my complaints about not understanding exactly what the papers mean at any given uh. point, uh, what the plan is, why Pine is. I mean, at a cert at a certain point in the story why he is not communicating with Angela I mean he's got a phone he's got zitters at her fucking give her weekly updates daily updates kind of kind of stuff like that um but uh yeah super 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 solid just the, uh, the one and- thing that really bothered me though was Roper constantly toots his own horn of like how he runs a tight ship but we never actually see that like a lot of the stuff Pine is able to accomplish is because of how much everybody fucks up, you know. Um, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I. I. I think I'm with you on a four, mainly because it's Laker A, and there's so much good stuff on there, you know. But it just bothers me, like how how much like Team Bad Guy hands the good guys. But then. A lot of a lot of the things on Team Bad Guy pretty much, you know, put Angela's like operation 
to to on the on the hot plate. So I don't I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, I, I yeah, four sounds good. Because I'm looking at our other ones, Munich, Most Wanted Man, Departed. I don't know. I feel like I feel like definitely yeah. can can uh, stand next to Munich, uh, right. and and for a lot of the same reasons, you know, uh, deta- details being good and and just some gaps, which I don't mind. Like I'm not I am not here to tell you that this would have been a better series if the park bench rating was higher. I don't think it would. I think the no. park bench rating is like perfect for what the story they're trying to tell is. There's some right. things, even though I'm quibbling about them, like I'm not saying like adding those things in or changing things around would have made a better show. I'm just trying to be like uh, objective um, and, and keep my appreciation of the show separate from the uh, what, I, what I consider the accuracy. And I, I think a four is, I think a four is pretty respectable. I, I you know, you could make a three point five argument. You know, we got Spy Game and the Good Shepherd down there. Like, uh, you know, it wouldn't it would feel comfortable down at a three point five. Uh, but I don't know how much time I want to spend <laughs> debating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get. Yeah, when I was looking at the fours, yeah, we have. I think it definitely deserves to stick around with Munich. So, uh, I, I think, I think, I think four sounds good to me. Hey, real quick, uh, like great catch on the uh, Lake Hare cameo. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> um, when I was uh, looking through some uh, Google shit, it looks like, dude, we missed. Cam- He's also got cameos in two other. The two other Lake Hurray movies that we've covered, and and we did not catch them. He's oh, got really? A, apparently, he's got a cameo in both The Most Wanted Man and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Did you, did you jot down where they were? No, I don't know. Oh. I just know that oh. I, I just saw that they were there. So yeah. something to <laughs> definitely, I'll, I'll have my eyes out, because both of those movies are movies that I think I will be watching again someday. And when I do, I will be looking for Mr. JLC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right, well that's uh the night manager. Um next week what are we what are we doing? Oh, uh, we're going to Condor. We're going to yeah, we're going to roll a movie again. Um it's a uh, it's a classic neither of us have seen it, but uh it's got uh a huge reputation as as far as uh whatever i think uh 70s spy movies uh and one of robert redford's more uh you know uh classically uh, remembered roles three days of the condor i'm, I'm pretty excited for this one because i know how well acclaimed it is so, yeah come and join us next time for three days of the condor and uh Make sure to follow or like us on Facebook or Twitter. And uh, make sure to subscribe us on your favorite podcast app. Just search Spies Like Us Podcast. And uh, see you next week. The preceding transmission sampled the song Enter the Party by Kevin McLeod and sound effects from freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net.